Welcome to the Trophy Room Podcast, Episode 2. We're going to be looking at the Western Conference playoffs. Potential Western Conference playoffs. They're in the NBA bubble in Orlando, Florida, in the great state of the great sunshine state, Florida. You know, they got like orange juice down there. Got a bunch of old people that retire down there. And now they got the NBA looking to wrap the season up down there. Hopefully, you know, we're praying and hoping that they uh, the season wraps up so we could get a get a champion in the NBA and um, you know uh, look forward to you know hopefully stuff settling down in 2021 and like everything as far as like sports and you know just life in general gets back to normal so we'll look at the western conference we're gonna go like not in depth or anything but we'll take a pretty good look at it all right so um so in the western conference there's gonna be 13 teams uh that are gonna go to the bubble um the top like seven spots are pretty much set you got the lakers and the one seed, the Clippers, and the two spot. Um, the Nuggets are at number three. The Rockets are at number four. The Jazz, the Thunder, the Mavericks. Those are your top seven. Those are for sure in. And then you got at number eight, the Memphis Grizzlies. So Memphis is in danger of being bounced out of the playoffs because they only have a three and a half game lead. And there's, um, what, five teams that that can catch them mathematically. In reality, like two of those teams, three of those teams really don't have a chance. Like the Suns, the Spurs, and um, the Sacramento Kings. Honestly, they probably cannot catch Memphis, but mathematically they're alive. But like as soon as Memphis wins like two or three games, that's going to put those teams too far back. You know, like it's not going to like the math isn't going to work anymore. So Memphis has a serious threat there from the Pelicans catching them, the Portland Trailblazers catching them. And, um, that's about it. Those are, like, the two main teams that can potentially catch them. And, um, so that eight spot is really up in the air because Memphis is, I mean, they have that three-and-a-half game lead, but, like, it's not secure, you know? Like, you have to, you have to go win it for sure. And if at the end of the, uh, eight games seeding the final eight games that they're going to play for the regular season if Memphis doesn't have a four game edge they're going to have to play a play in series against whoever the ninth spot is so I mean it, it's, it sounds complicated but it, it's really not like if Memphis is up by four games they're in if they're up by less than four games they're going to have to play the ninth seed so they'll play a game and if Memphis wins once they're in the playoffs and the ninth seed would have to win 
twice. So they'll play one game. Like game one, say New Orleans beats them. Okay, now it's the whoever wins the next game goes into the uh, playoffs. So if they play game one and Memphis wins, Memphis only had to win one game, so they're into the playoffs. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, so, yeah, that A spot's going to be tricky. Whoever wins that is going to uh, face the Lakers because the Lakers are pretty much, um, they're the one seed. And the Lakers have a five-and-a-half game uh, lead on the Clippers. And, um... I mean, there's only eight games to play, so you were looking at the Lakers. If the Lakers win, like, three games, that pretty much secures the uh, the, the one spot. So once the Lakers win a couple games, they, they're going to start, like, you know, like making sure their guys are, I mean, everybody's going to be rested, but making sure their guys are healthy. Um... So Lakers are sitting pretty good, like all the wins they got before the coronavirus shut everything down. Like the Lakers, um, they can reap the benefits from that here if they can lock that number one seat up and then, you know, keep an eye on whoever uh, whoever that eighth seed's gonna be, and hopefully those those uh, those teams down there at the bottom of the conference are beating smack out of each other and um, you know really tiring themselves out, getting that final spot, and then the Lakers could just you know maybe have a little bit of an advantage as far as like uh fatigue goes or whatever so you know when you're in the playoffs any team wants an edge you know whether it's normally whether it would be home court whether it would be on the injury front any any edge you can get ask the patriots in the nfl any edge you can get you'll look for it and you'll try to exploit it so hopefully the uh for laker fans they'll uh They'll reap some kind of benefit from having that that sizable lead, and then uh, de- uh, the, the the two spot is the uh, the Clippers. They have the Denver Nuggets on their heels, but the Clippers have like a two game edge on Denver. So, um, they can potentially face off in the second round. Like, um, you know the two spot will play the three spot and then the four spot would play the one spot in the second round so but that two spot in the west is tricky because if you're in the second spot you're gonna play the mavericks and the mavericks are a dangerous team um they are uh they have luka Doncic and Kristas porzingis and they have um, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, Jalen Brunson. They have a bunch of guys that are like really good players, and they're coached really well by Rick Carlisle. Um, that guy's got a championship pedigree. You give that guy some solid players, he's gonna put together a, a good, strong team, and that's what they got down there. Especially this Luka Doncic kid. This kid is like Larry Bird. I mean. That sounds ridiculous because Larry Bird is such a legend and he's such a like a like a mythical player in a lot of NBA circles like Larry Legend, you know, all the three-point contest legends and all the playoff battles against the Lakers and the Pistons and all that. But Luka Doncic is 
probably a little bit bigger than Larry Bird. Maybe not bigger, but he is just as skilled and he's more athletic. Like Larry Bird was a great athlete, but Luka Doncic, he's got like way better handles. He's quicker. He's his three-point shot looks just as good as Larry Bird's. And he's got passing that rivals anybody in the NBA. Like like this kid is a young player, but he's been playing professionally in Europe um since he was like 15. So he's been playing against grown men for years like this is nothing new to him so he comes over to the nba and he's already used to competing against grown men you know like grown men athletes professionals so luka donk it's just it was like seamless like as soon as he came in the nba he was dynamic he was putting up crazy stat lines and you know that's who you're gonna play against if you're the second seed so if the clippers have to play the mavericks I mean, that's not a gimme. Like, the Clippers will probably be favored. But the Mavericks, I I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas pulled that one out. Because I just think Luka Doncic is that good. And and then you give him Kristaps Porzingis. This guy, he was playing really well um, this year. He was putting up some really good numbers or some really good games. So Porzingis has, has been playing well for them. Um and I can go over their like whole roster right now, but I'm just I'm not going to. I'm just gonna say that they have a really good team. Like they're they're really good team, really good coached really well. So the seventh spot, I don't know if the Mavs are gonna move up. If they do, they'll play the Nuggets, which you know Dallas probably wants to do that. They'd probably rather play Denver than the Clippers. But then if Denver catches the Clippers, then Denver would be the two seed. So a lot of stuff is still like in the mix. It's uh We don't know what the matchups are gonna be yet, so previewing the uh the playoffs is kinda weird at this point, but you you, you have some idea because you have some pretty good idea what the matchups are gonna be. Um So the Clippers, you know, they have Kawhi, Paul George, um the Morris twin, they have Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, uh, Landry Shamit, Reggie Jackson, um, Jamichael Green, Ibaka Zubach. You know, they got a pretty good team, like, really, like, they got good depth there, but um, a problem with them all year was that they got their main players into camp late and then. Um, Paul George was hurt for the beginning of the year and then um, Kawhi was taking some games off because he has like some lingering um, issues where they don't want to overwork his um, his lower body that he's have been having issues with since his San Antonio days so um, they never really got to gel like a lot like they played well when they all got on the court together but that was like limited like they didn't play a lot of games together and so, like, in the NBA, chemistry is really important. Like, you got to know what the other player's thinking. Like, it has to be second nature. You can't be hesitant because you can, like, throw the ball away or you can um, you can take a shot when a, a guy was expecting to uh, receive a pass and then, he, then he'll be out of position for the rebound. And, 
you know what I'm saying? Like it, it just throws the timing of you of the whole the whole team off, and you have to you have to be running like a well-oiled machine. So when people say that team chemistry is important, it really is. Like because you want to know what everybody's doing, whatever where everybody's gonna be, um, what everybody's thinking, because you communicate, you talk in practice, you 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 figure all this stuff out along with great coaching, great on on core communication from great leadership all this stuff is very important and Kawhi, he's like he's a great player but he doesn't communicate he's like he's known for being really quiet and really reserved and and leading by example right you don't see him barking out orders and telling a player you have to go here you have to be there um but you have to do that as the leader you have to get on your guys and tell them you be here and you be there and I think this has caused some issues with the Clippers because the Clippers have some um, entrenched veterans there like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly and they were a playoff team already you know so I don't think they want this new guy Kawhi coming in there and yelling at them and um, so I think their chemistry is like it's not it's not great but I don't really follow the Clippers a lot. I mean, I follow them enough to know, like, enough about them. But I just think that what the people are saying about their chemistry, there's something there to that, you know. And But the Clippers have, like, a decent coach, like Doc Rivers. I think he's, like, a little bit overrated. But, you know, he's a solid coach. Like, he knows the game. He's played. He's He was a longtime player, you know, longtime coach. So... Ogilm is just due, you know, he's got his, his his club in the second spot out west, so uh the Clippers very dangerous team. Um nobody better take them lightly. They're like the third they're the third favorite to win the title behind the uh Milwaukee Bucks and the LA Lakers. So the Clippers will probably um be in the Western Conference Finals. But that first round matchup against Dallas, that's not going to be easy. You know, that'll be a, that'll be fun to watch. There, watching uh, Paul George and Kawhi go out, go against Luca and Porzingis and them guys down in Dallas. So that'll be that'll be a really good series. Um, in the third spot, you have the. Uh, I don't know if we went over the Lakers. We touched on the Lakers a little, but I mean, if you don't know about the Lakers at this point, like you're not even you're. Like, you're not a basketball fan. Like, the Lakers have been one of the main storylines in the NBA pretty much all year. Even in the offseason last year when they made the trade for for Anthony Davis, like, they became the storyline in the NBA Western Conference, you know? Like, so if you don't know about the Lakers, LeBron and, you know, JaVale and Dwight and Kuzma and all them guys playing for the Lakers, like... uh I'm like I'm not gonna go over it. Like you should know about the Lakers by now. They're they've been playing really well. They have two MVP candidates. Uh, they have a Defensive Player of the Year, Anthony Davis candidate, uh, Most Improved Player, Dwight Howard candidate. Um, Javale McGee's been playing really well. He found a really good role for the Lakers. Um, they had uh, Avery Bradley not come to Orlando with them because he has concerns about his young his young child. He has like a six year old son that that's had um, 
health issues. So Avery Bradley's not, not even fucking around. He's just like, he's like, it's not worth it for me. I'd love to win a title, but I'm not risking my, my child's life for it, you know? So he's really concerned. He has like really major concerns about it. So he didn't, and he's a really good defensive player for the Lakers. And he's got a really nice shot from the perimeter for them. So that, that Avery Bradley not going to Orlando really hurts the Lakers. But they were able to sign J.R. Smith. And they had added Dion Waiters because um, they were having trouble offensively with the second unit when LeBron went to the bench. Guys like Rondo and Caruso were... Uh, they were playing all right in spots, but for the most part, they were, like, struggling with the second unit. And, like, the Lakers would, um, they'd build, like, a nice, you know, 7-10 point lead. And then um, the second unit would come in and the offense would just uh, stall out. And, um, and, uh, and the other teams would, you know, they'd come back. And then LeBron would have to come back in and Anthony Davis and, you know, then the Lakers... And, they played more minutes than they really wanted to because because they had to you know because the second unit was just uh was struggling offensively so some of that falls on kuzma also because they were counting on him to really come in with the second unit and you know really like lead the offensive charge you know they were counting on kuzma to be a big time performer but you know kuzma like he was also hurt early in the year and then um you know, he plays with LeBron and AD, so he doesn't get consistent touches and consistent um, opportunities to score. So he just has to uh, get find a shot here and there. And then if it doesn't fall for him, like his stat lines look really bad. You know, he'll have like four points or something. and like, But if his shot is falling, Kuz can give you 16, 20 points a night easy because he's just really skilled offensively. But like I said, he doesn't get the volume of shots up so so when he does get shots up and they're they're not falling you know he can he can have really bad stat lines so laker fans get frustrated with them so we'll see how he plays in orlando um so yeah the lakers they they look good they look strong um like i said they're looking at that eight spot which is there's all kinds of like uh uncertainty who they're gonna play like i think if you're the lakers you really don't care who you play in the eighth spot because none of those teams play defense like they all have good offensive players and they look like solid but like the grizzlies they're not gonna stop anybody the pelicans they're gonna score points but they're not gonna stop they don't play defense that's why they're trying to make the eighth spot because they haven't played defense all year, you know. And then uh, Zion Williamson, uh, one of their best players, he was he was out for a large part of the season, and um, they had to bring him back in slowly. Like um, they had to watch like like a minute count, you know, like like he only played like twenty minutes or something a game or twenty five. So you know they don't want to they don't want him to re hurt his uh, lower body. That's what held them out earlier, early in the year. You know the Pelicans. They have a they have a decent team. They have a lot some good young players, and they have good veteran leadership with a guy like Drew Holiday and uh, Favors and um, JJ Redick. They have down there. 
I mean, they have they have solid solid team down there, but like I said, that they don't play defense. So, like the Lakers, I don't think you're too concerned. I mean, you're obviously you're concerned if you're playing a playoff team, but you're not gonna be like too worried about who you're playing. You know, like you'd be more worried if you were playing like the Mavs or like um, the Rockets or somebody like that. You know, like with like like superstar players like Luka Doncic or freaking Harden so so yeah like and then like the other team the, the Portland Trailblazers Portland really got set like if you look at the schedule the Blazers they really got dealt a bad hand because they have like the most difficult schedule out of all the teams in the bubble the Blazers um, have the most difficult schedule and the Pelicans have the easiest schedule and there's a lot of rumblings that the NBA would love nothing more than to get the Pelicans into the playoffs to um to get Zion Williamson Lonzo Ball and freaking Brandon Ingram and all them guys into the playoffs to uh really sell a series against like LeBron and the Lakers you know Anthony Davis and them guys that we just covered so that would be a really good series as far as for ratings and stuff so so that's what the NBA wants they I mean they could say that it's whatever but they want the Pelicans in the playoffs um the Grizzlies they're pretty good they have John Morant um this guy what the hell's his name that center um Valanciunas the guy that played for the Raptors for a long time they have that guy um, they got a good team. They got Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark. Uh, they got those backup guards that are pretty good. Um, their name will pop up in my head right now. And then they got Josh Jackson. Um, they got a good team, dude. They like they're solid. I think they'll be able to 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 win enough games to to hold that final eight spot. You know, like. The only reason I say that is because they have that three and a half game lead. If they were playing from even footing, I think the Pelicans would take the spot. But since the uh, Grizzlies have that, that that three and a half game lead, I think Memphis will be the final uh, playoff team. But this is just my opinion, you know. Obviously, I don't know anything. Like this is just what, how I see it playing out. So, yeah, like, it would be Lakers versus the Grizzlies. And then you would have um, the Clippers versus the Mavericks. And then you would have the Nuggets versus the... Um, the Nuggets versus the... The Oklahoma City Thunder. And then you would have the Houston Rockets against the Utah Jazz. Those would be your first round series. And, you know, those those would be all pretty good series. Like, the only mismatch would be, obviously, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. But I think Memphis beat the Lakers this year when they played in Memphis. Like, the Lakers were on a back-to-back. -back and, um, and the Grizzlies were mad because the Lakers had blown their asses out in L.A. earlier in the year. So... The Lakers on the return trip, um, they got beat by the Grizzlies, and you know it caused like a little argument in the Lakers locker room because they 
they looked really bad that night. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies with John Morant there, the rookie of the year, like, they'd be, they'd be fun to watch in the playoffs. Um, and, and then going forward into next year to see how these, uh, how their young superstar John Morant develops. He's a really good player. I like watching him play. He's really super athletic. Um, really like, uh, he, he attacks the basket. That's what I like to see. You know, he's not passive. He's not like, uh, he like, he like goes in there. He's not afraid of contact. You know, he's like, he's like Iverson kind of like where he would just drive in there and, you know, take his bumps and like, you know, he's going to score either you foul him or he gets his shot off or, you know, a combination to where he gets a hand one. But yeah, John Morant, I like that kid. He's he's a good player. Um, yeah. So I mean, like I said, Memphis would be good good to watch. Obviously, they're not the draw that the Pelicans are with Zion Williamson. I mean, this guy, he's like a superstar in the making. You know, he's like he's like big, like Sean Kemp, and like powerful, like Shaq. It's like he's got that build, like that Shaq build, where he can just. He can just bully people out of the way and just dunk all over everybody. So, so he's a really good player to watch. Um, so you know, New Orleans is going to be desperately trying to make the playoffs to um, to expand their fan base. You know, like if they get in the playoffs and you know they play the Lakers tough, there's going to be a lot of new Pelican fans come next year. You know, with Zion. Um, so that's what they're aiming for. And then uh, if those playoff series would, would play out like the way I mentioned earlier, I think the Lakers would beat Memphis or New Orleans maybe like in five or six games. Um, because, like like I said, like those teams don't play defense. So I think the Lakers would have the edge because um, the Lakers have a really strong front court and they can dominate rebounding and they can play really tough defense. So I think that that would separate the Lakers from the eighth seed. And um, so I think the Lakers would advance. And then you would have the Clippers and the um, and the Mavericks. And I, I, I really like this Dallas team, but I don't think they would beat the Clippers. Like, they just... They there they wouldn't be able to stop Kawhi. Like if Kawhi plays, like Kawhi plays, um, and then if Paul George can finally live up to his potential in the playoffs, I think the Clippers will take care of them in like six games, six or seven games. So the Clippers would advance, and then Denver against OKC. I mean, I like Nikola Jokic. I think he's a really good center. But I think that would be a toss-up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Thunder on that one because I just don't like Denver's depth. Like they have good, they have Jokic, and then they have Jamal Murray. But after that, they have really inconsistent players. You know, like so. I would go with the Thunder pulling the upset over the Nuggets. And they would move in. And then you would have the Rockets and the Utah Jazz playing. 
and the Jazz were dealt a blow when uh when they're starting small forward. Wait, he's their starting power forward. Uh Bogdanovich. Um he had he's got he like he injured his wrist or his knee or something. And he's out, so so yeah, like they that's one of their best players. He was like one of their main scorers. So I don't like the Jazz against the Rockets. If they if they were at full strength, I would think that Utah could beat them, but I don't think Donovan Mitchell and Gobert and Joe Inglis and um they got that point guard from freaking from Memphis. What's his name? Conley. And they have Jordan Clarkson there off the bench for Utah. He's pretty good, but I think Harden and Westbrook would just be too much with Covington and Eric Gordon and all them uh, shooters that the Rockets have down there. I think the Rockets would advance. So you would have, um, in the second round, you would have the Lakers against the, um, against the Thunder. And then you would have the Clippers against the Rockets. And... I think the Lakers could take the Thunder because the Thunder don't have the size. They have Steven Adams and Gallinari. Oklahoma City Thunder has those guys. But the Lakers have like the, the front court advantage is like very strong in favor of the Lakers. And then um the Clippers have the advantage in the or the the Thunder would have the advantage in the backcourt. Because they have uh, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and they have Schroeder off the bench, the point guard. Um, he's one of the uh, leading six man of the year candidates. He's really good. He, he, I mean, he plays like a starter. Like he gets mad minutes for them, and you know they have the advantage. But I think overall the Lakers are just they're just they're just a better team than the Thunder. Like like they're they're not gonna stop the they're not going to stop LeBron or AD. Like, those guys... That's as good as it gets when, as far as, like, a one-two punch in the NBA. Like, there's other ones that are really good, like Paul George and Kawhi. And um, Giannis and uh, Middleton and, um, you know, Tatum and Jalen Brown and Campbell Walker. There's a lot of really good ones, but... Like... AD and freaking LeBron. I mean, that's going to be tough to stop for anybody. So I think the Lakers would, would get past the Thunder in like five games, five, six games. And then uh, the Rockets and the Clippers. I don't think the Rockets could could, could stop the Clippers. Like like the Rockets, they, they, have, they don't have any bigs. They don't have any size. Like they want to... Uh, they just want to shoot a bunch of threes and have Harden and Westbrook, you know, score 50 apiece. And hopefully they could find a way to win like that. But you have to play defense and you have to rebound. Like, like this is basic fundamental basketball 101. And, like, the Rockets are like, we're not concerned with that. We're just going to go. We're just going to launch 83s a game. And we're going to have Harden late in the game with the ball in his hands and we'll take our chances like that so i think the clippers 
with their with with Kawhi and Paul George and their the advantage they have in the depth. I think they would get past the Rockets. And then uh, that would set up a Clippers-Lakers Western Conference Finals. Which would be... That would be a basketball fan's dream. Because in basketball fan circles, there's like... Uh, there's people that really dislike LeBron James. And he has a really massive fan base that really like him. And when you combine that with the fan base that already existed with the Lakers... You have a really, really strong fan base supporting the L.A. Lakers right now. And all the people that disliked the Lakers already, even before LeBron got there, they doubly dislike the Lakers now because now they have LeBron. And so they're just going to jump ship and root for the Clippers or they're going to root for the Grizzlies or the Pelicans or the Thunder or the Nuggets. Whoever the Lakers play... All these, all these, uh, these casuals and these, uh, these fans for hire are just gonna root for whoever the Lakers play, right? Like, so, that would be a massive amount of people rooting for the Clippers. And then, like, it would, there would be a lot of interest in that series, is what I'm trying to say. And this is nothing new. This is not breaking news. This has been expected from like day one of the NBA offseason of training camp like when teams got into camp and everybody all the pundits all the uh, analysts they were like well probably gonna be the Lakers and the Clippers so it's looking like that again barring some unforeseen event where like somebody gets hurt or they have to just shut down the bubble because you know obviously because of the COVID thing it can really just like it can just shut everything down but hopefully it doesn't you know like if you're a basketball fan you know say some prayers uh you know do good deeds in your life to uh hopefully we garner up some good some good vibes some good energy for the nba to finish be able to finish and uh you know hopefully they play it out and win lose or draw if your team gets a chance to go in there and um compete and they get a chance to actually um you know that's all you want you just want to you just you just want a chance for uh for your team to go and prove themselves whoever it is if you're a pelican grizzly fan um whoever dallas all these teams all those teams in the east that we covered in the um last episode you just want them to go and have a chance and you know if they lose you're gonna be disappointed but at least at least they'll uh have a have their chance you know it wouldn't be stolen from them from some some stupid virus that's just like killing so many people and freaking uh causing so much like disruption and chaos in the world and you know like basketball seems not important when things like this are going on all over the world but when you're like when you grew up watching sports and that sports are such a major part of your life you know like wanting to see the NBA season play out is like it's like a big deal for some people you know it's like it's like 
it's a it's a major part of a lot of people's days you know like a lot of people's existence you know like they they love sports and they they love their teams and you know but anyway i'm rambling um so yeah like the um they're gonna start scrimmages um here in the next week so these teams are gonna be competing against each other and you know getting back into uh getting back into the mode and then they're gonna start the season on july 30th uh so it's something to look forward to and you know hopefully everything goes goes to plan the nba has a lot of very smart people trying to you know make sure everything runs smooth and hopefully the players do everything they're supposed to to minimize as much as possible the um, possibility of you know coming into contact with that with that motherfucking virus um so so yeah like uh that was my preview oh so the lakers and clippers um i don't want to get into this series a lot because people have accused me of being a laker fan in the past so i would obviously be a little bit biased towards the lakers but i'll try not to be in this preview so we're gonna say lakers and the clippers i think I think the Clippers have really good depth and they have like 1 through 10 they probably have more depth than the Lakers but the Clippers have absolutely no answer for Anthony Davis like they have Montrez Harrell but he he feasts on lower level teams like he puts up these monster lines against these teams that are not that good so when he has to go up against JaVel McGee Dwight Howard Anthony Davis LeBron James Kuzma uh, Morris all these this front court that the Lakers throw out there Montrez Harrell is gonna be negated Okay, and that's one of the Clippers' big, like, uh, big weapons. Like, this guy, Harold, they bring him in off the bench, and he gives them all this energy, and he plays really good for them. But he's going to be, he's going to have his hands full with the Lakers. Um, and Lou Williams, he's a really good scorer, but he plays no defense. Like, like he literally play like, he, you can't have him on the court late in the game because the Lakers are going to look for Lou Williams and they're going to find him with LeBron and LeBron is going to attack Lou Williams and and if the Clippers this is all goes into the coaching like the Clippers are going to try to uh, switch before the switch like if they know the Lakers are going to try to look for Lou Williams they'll switch Lou Williams to somebody else but that's where the coaching comes in where you just you design the place to try to get your best guy on their weakest defender and that would be Lou Williams and that's nothing new for LeBron LeBron's been doing that his whole career he was doing that in every series against the Warriors where he was looking for Curry to try to attack Curry and make Curry play defense so like LeBron is specializes in doing that 
And um, and then if you say, well, they'll just put Patrick Beverly up. Patrick Beverly is a, a liability on the offensive end. Like the Lakers can sag off of Beverly and really crowd it up for, uh, for Paul George and for freaking Kawhi. So... Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly are like polar opposites. You put one in for offense, he's going to get clowned on defense. You put Beverly in for defense, he's going to be a liability on offense. And if you put in Reggie Jackson, that's their other point guard, he's not at the level of either of those guys, whether on offense or on defense. He's like a step down, both offensively and defensively. He's a solid player, but... You're not going to want him on the court late in the game against the Lakers. Like, like that's not going to... He's not going to perform well. Um, obviously, that what they're going to rely on, the Clippers, that is, is going to be Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And more so Kawhi Leonard. Because if you watch them play, Kawhi Leonard has the ball late in the game. He, 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 he takes the ball. He goes into that... Uh, elbow extended and he just he either attacks well he attacks that's what he and he either pulls up for his his lethal mid-range jumper game or he gets to the basket you know he's not really a big time three-point shooter but he does shoot the three very well so i don't know who the lakers would put on him late during the game they would probably put danny green on him or um, Kuzma or uh, Morris but late in the game they're going to put LeBron on Kawhi and um, and or they're going to put LeBron on Paul George or Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is super athletic for being that size so I think late in the game with Frank Vogel and his defensive um, schemes and all that I think late in the game, the Lakers can play, can really um, hamper the Clippers. And the Clippers would need Lou Williams on the court. But like I said earlier, then they would, on the other end is where the Lakers would have a major advantage. So, that would be an awesome series. Like, if the Clippers were to beat the Lakers, I would be, like, disappointed, but I would not be, like, um... Like, I would be mad if they if the Lakers lost to, like, Memphis or to, like, the Nuggets, you know. But it would suck, like, so bad if they lost to the Clippers because you wouldn't hear the end of it. Um, but the Clippers are a good team. Like, they do have Paul George and they do have Kawhi. So, I can see the Clippers maybe beating the Lakers, but... Like I said earlier, like when you have LeBron and AD and then you have all these other veteran guys on your team like Rondo and Danny Green and um, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, like JaVale and Dwight have played in the finals before, right? Um, So like they know how to play in the playoffs you know this is important like this this experience you know so um i just think the lakers have the edge in that series i know 
Like, I'm trying to give the Clippers their due. Like, I, I said they have, like, they have all those players with all that depth and stuff. But I just don't see them stopping LeBron and AD late in the game. Like, LeBron, like if you put Kawhi on LeBron, LeBron can score on Kawhi. Like, it's not... Like, people, people love to hate on LeBron, but I did... Like you're you're ignorant if you if you think LeBron is not one of the best players to ever play the game. Like he just watch him play. Like it's ridiculous. Um he can get to the bucket on anybody, including Kawhi Leonard. And um and if you if you if LeBron gets to the paint and he collapses the defense, it's like LeBron one oh one. He's been doing this his whole career. He either gets to the basket and he just dominates your team that way or he's throwing an alley-oop to one of his big guys, whether it be Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Chris Bosh, all these guys he's played with in the past. LeBron drives, the defense collapses, he throws it out to one of his three-point shooters. Um, he drives, um, the, the, the big comes to help, he throws up the alley-oop to, uh, to one of his bigs, either JaVale, Dwight, AD, whoever. Um, LeBron, also, LeBron's one of the best. He's leading the NBA in, in assists. I mean, this is like, this is the exact kind of player you want late in the game. If you're an NBA team, you want somebody that's going to want the, he wants the ball. Like, he wants the ball. And when he gets the ball, he wants he he knows how to attack the de- he's seen every defense in existence. Like he, if you run a, a defense at him, he's gonna know exactly where his guys are at. This is why I was talking about chemistry earlier. He's gonna know exactly who's where, and who likes to cut from this set you're running. Who likes to pull up. Who likes to uh everything. Like LeBron, he's just he's like a coach on the on the court. And you know, he's he's been playing with A D all year and some of that's rubbing off on A D. It's rubbing off on Kuzma. All these guys know that you have to keep up with LeBron. You can't slack off because LeBron holds the team to a higher standard. Like you know what I'm saying? And he's a vocal leader. He 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 talks to guys. He tells guys, this is the opposite of Kawhi, who who's just really quiet, and he doesn't say much. He just goes out and plays really hard. Like LeBron does both. He he leads the team, and he he's he's better. I think he's a better player than Kawhi Leonard offensively. So that would be like. A clash of the titans right there. Kawhi versus LeBron for the Western Conference title. Those guys have met in the playoffs before. Um, when Kawhi was with the Spurs. And they played uh, the Heat in the finals a couple times. But like Kawhi is at a different level now. Like Back then he was like a secondary player to Duncan. But now he's like... He's he's on his own. He's like his own superstar now. So 
that would be dynamic. But after those, after Kawhi and um, and LeBron, then you're looking at Anthony Davis and Paul George, and that's a clear advantage for the Lakers. Like you can't sit here and tell me that Paul George, who's an absolutely awesome player, but he is not at the level of AD. All right, and like. And then you drop off to, like, all those other guys the Clippers have, the guys I mentioned earlier. But the Lakers have just as many guys. So, I mean, it's like, it's as even as it can get. So it's going to come down to, you know, those late game situations where who executes better and who takes care of the ball better. And I would pick the Lakers to win that series. I mean... You can't say that that's a homer pick because, like, that's, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that they're the better team. Like, that would be like me when I say the the, the Clippers against the Mavericks. I would pick the Clippers because the Clippers are better. Like, that, if I was being a homer, I would just be like, oh, the Mavericks are going to smash them because, you know, the Clippers are they're not going to be able to handle Luka. But I honestly think the that the Lakers are a better team than the Clippers. I think that their size up front, um, you know, like those late game situations, I think they have they're gonna have the best player on the court. So I would pick the Lakers in six games. If it, if the series goes seven games, then it's anybody's ball game. It's anybody's it's anybody's conference, cause uh, you don't have an advantage in the game seven like. Like, you really don't. Like, so, it's going to be interesting. You know, hopefully, hopefully we get to see this play out. Um, so, yeah, that's my preview of the Western Conference. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If not, you know, who cares, whatever. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe, comment, uh, react. Um, rate um, tell me what you think in the comments tell me if you think I'm I'm a basket case or tell me if you think I made sense or whatever you know um, if you want to uh, if you want to collaborate on a podcast and like uh, maybe break down series matchups when we get the um playoff seating finalizer whatever just let me know in the group and uh the trophy room sports club the best uh sports group in all of facebook um just let me know in the group and um we'll work something out we'll schedule it up and you know we can debate eastern conference western conference um the finals we can do nfl stuff uh baseball stuff MMA, you know, not golf, uh, even some NASCAR, uh, what a college football, um, obviously all these sports, you know, are fluid situations with the whole coronavirus, so, um, thanks for listening, and, um, I'll catch you guys next time.